0: there are many different paths you can take. But there's only one road to Atlanta. The high drive deep out to left field. He clubbed it. Brady twisting and turning, looking up and giving up. It's a home run for Danby Swanson. Player out towards shallow right. That's big trouble. Albies going back. He dives and he makes the catch. What a play, Ozzy Albies. Swanson is headed for three. He'll try for an inside the parker relay throw comes toward the plate he'll score
1: standing and it's his second inside the park home run of the season
0: this is your weekly podcast dedicated to the atlanta braves farm system follow the show on twitter at road the number two atlanta now hit the road with your hosts eric cole gaurav vidak and garrett spain Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to The Road to Atlanta, a podcast devoted solely to the Braves farm system and Braves prospects. I am your host, Eric Cole. You may recognize me for my work on Twitter, or you can follow me at Leprechaun with a K. Uh, you're going to be finding random l- random life anecdotes, but mostly you're going to be getting a lot of minor, ba- minor league baseball, specifically about the Braves uh, when you follow me on Twitter. You may also recognize me for my work over on Talking Chop. Joining me are my two regular co-hosts. First, we have... The purveyor of the Braves MILB and Braves Farm Updates, basically whatever name he's decided to change it to this week. We have Garrett Spain. Garrett, how are you? I'm good. I'm also joined by the purveyor of the Braves Reddit account and also a personal account at GVDAC, uh, where that's not so much baseball so much as bad dad jokes and one garage of a deck. How are you?
2: I'm doing well. I'm excited for this episode.
0: I'm really excited, too. It's uh, been one that's been kind of in the works for a while uh, because, unfortunately, we have one of the busiest men in the industry on the show, on the show today, uh, the the Grand Poobah, uh, I guess the newly minted be- Grand Poobah of Baseball America, one of the leading minds of you know prospects and amateur rankings, is one J.J. Cooper. J.J., how are you?
1: Good, 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 and you're too kind. This has been in the works for, I think, about... 4 months which usually involves me every month saying I owe you a podcast and then <laughs> I'm so glad that we're finally actually able to do this.
0: You know it's one of those things where I just I know in your position and kind of everything that goes on with like draft showcases and you know having to deal with with you know high school and college attorneys and just kind of the general transition that's happening in baseball America and the fact that you're you know in charge of you know an important operation I was you wouldn't have messaged me and you wouldn't have contacted me if you didn't mean it and if you didn't have something really going on. It, 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 like, you know, I'm just glad that you reached out and we found time to do it because I've been really looking forward to talking to you about some Braves baseball.
1: It is nice that the handbook is done. Uh, you know, it's not like it's slowed down because we're working on the college preview right now. We just released the top 200 draft prospects. We have we're not going to we're not going to talk about where they are on that yet, but uh, we do have our top hundred finalized for the top 100 prospects Ooh. so a lot of stuff been going on but uh, but it is to say it's slower I actually you know today Martin Luther King jr holiday and I didn't go in the office now did we did have the McCutcheon trade happen today a couple of stories from the weekend of, of amateur showcases events but Got to actually work from home and take some time off today, so that was nice.
0: See, now, now I feel bad that I feel like we we're like breaking up here. Oh, your... oh. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, the the thing about uh, my wife's a teacher. Uh, the kids and my wife are all uh, you know up in bed so uh, this is my uh, my free time of the day so <laughs> my, I my, enjoy talking braids. My, my,
0: my wife is also a teacher and that is exactly what my wife and kids are doing now so I completely understand um, uh, fun fact uh, talking chop alum Carlos Collazo is was helping out on yes. that top 200 uh, yes. uh, and we love Carlos How so would you say helping you
1: he was driving the train <laughs>
0: <laughs> well I, I, I don't want to I don't want to lay claims to exactly what process went into that, but I know that Carlos has been putting a ton of work uh, at Baseball oh, yeah. America and, and especially on the, the draft side, and we're really happy for him. He's doing really good work over there. So make sure you go read that top 200 list. It's really interesting. It's obviously they put a ton of work in it, into it. Uh, but we're not going to talk draft today. Uh, we're, what we're going to try to do is we're going to focus on the, the current state of the Braves farm system, uh, for better or for worse in some in some cases. Um, and it's it's been an interesting off season for the Braves farm system to be oh, sure. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, and again, you know, some some good, uh, a lot of bad, uh, but you know, there's still a lot of interesting things to talk about. So we're gonna kind of get the mm-hmm. elephant in the room out of the way. And I know our first question is gonna be about the kind of the international, you know, the international restrictions and kind of what happened to the Braves farm farm system. So go ahead, bud.
2: So we're all aware of the fallout resulting from the whole GM scandal, including the resignation of uh, Mr. Gordon Blakely. Have you heard of any other changes or possibly rumblings uh, of changes that are coming within the International Scouting Department?
1: I have not. No, I'll be honest, I haven't asked probably as much as I should. But no, like, I do not know kind of where the dust kind of fully kind of clears there. Um, now, one thing that is obvious is is. And this sounds awful to say, but they don't need, you know, a fully formed international scouting department right now mm-hmm. because they're not going to have the money to spend. So, which is the rough thing, essentially that they're going to be the penalties that they are facing, not that you, you again, you still want to be scouting internationally all that, but the penalties they are facing obviously are going to mean that they're not going to be uh, – you know, a significant player in the market for a while. But um, but at the same time, no. I, I wish I, I wish I had a better answer for you, but I actually something I probably need to ask about. But I don't I don't know how much of a complete teardown this is gonna be on the international side. And I don't even know, you know, to be honest, it may be something where they don't fully even know that yet because there is that was obviously if you look at the, the grand scheme, that was where the biggest fingers were pointed, is that what the Braves did internationally is where they faced the most penalties. And what the Braves did internationally is, is, is in essence, you know, obviously there was the, the draft penalty and all, but at the same time, when you say the Braves ended up in trouble, well, if you say, well, what, what was the, 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 the root of that trouble? It was largely on the international market. And, you know, it's, it's interesting because obviously you guys saw it all. There was a lot of debates about, oh, the Braves were just doing what everyone else was doing. And that's one thing that I do think is a misnomer because if you say at one point other teams were doing what the Braves were doing, I wouldn't necessarily disagree with that. But ever since the Red Sox were hit, with a penalty for package deals, you know Ben Badler knows this a lot better than I do. But talking, you know, to Ben and talking to you know people I, you know, kind of know and, and trust in the on the international side, uh, that was essentially the signal of okay, it's it's a different rules now. No, these rules actually apply. And what the Braves did after that was what got them penalized, not what they did before the Red Sox mm. got penalized
2: uh just a quick follow up question we're we're aware of like the sanctions the Braves are undergoing and missing or having all these players taken away uh is there also some kind of like just in a in a different point of view is there are these like relationships with these other trainers and, and scouts uh, abroad is that ruined is this another thing that the Braves are going to have to repair
1: i don't know if that's ruined as much just from the standpoint that you know, well, for one, I mean, there, yes, there are relationships that are going to have to be rebuilt because the reality is is the people who had those relationships are no longer there. But at the same time, that is kind of actually in some ways the advantage of, I mean, this being kind of a, a really, in many ways, a new front office is at the same time, the people who've come over also, you know, AA has run a team before. You have these relationships. So it's something where I would say it doesn't have to be completely rebuilt there as much as the reality of right now is is that if you don't have money to spend, then you're you're not going to see the best players. I mean, that's just the reality of it mm-hmm. in, in the international market, and the Braves don't have money to spend. So it'll be a while before that, but at the same time, once you get to the point where the Braves have money to spend again, I, I don't think that those there, there's any of these relationships that have been severed completely or anything. It's going to be... Um, at that point, the reality of it is, again, is is that we are now in a world where there is a, in essence, fixed amount of money available to be spent on the international market, and so it, it's different than it was ten years ago. From that standpoint, in that if you're, you know, if you're representing players, there's only so many different way, places to go, and. The largely, relationships do matter, but relationships are not going to exceed the difference of this team has this much money to spend and this team's only offering this. And so, you know, when that comes around again, I don't think the Braves are going to have trouble being able to sign players.
3: So with the sanctions against the Braves, obviously they're going to be handicapped in the international market for a wild going forward. So if you were Alex Antopoulos, how would you go about replacing the talent that you're going to lose in the free, in the international
1: class? Well, and that's tough because again, these penalties are very different than they would have been if we had been talking 10 years ago, because 10 years ago, my answer would have been, well, simple. You shift that money that you would have spent internationally and you shift it to the draft because you know under the old draft system you could draft a 18th rounder and you could say we're going to give him a million dollars and then you'd have to go to MLB and MLB would tell you don't spend that million dollars don't do that and then you would say okay we hear you we're going to spend that million dollars and then you could sign a third round talent in the 18th round who <laughs> slipped because of you no know, but you could shift money now you can't shift money like that. Obviously, it's something where you have, in essence, a, uh, a fixed amount of money you can spend in the draft, you have a fixed amount of money you can spend internationally, and the Braves just have had basically one of those two prongs taken away. Now, the things you can say is, is okay, You know, do, does ownership let you shift that and basically bank it for the future well most teams that they work on a yearly budget so probably not mm-hmm. i i do think that that is going to be the reality of it. Is is that's something you can't fully make up for under this current system because you can't really there's really very few possibilities of spinning it elsewhere their hopes for spinning it elsewhere are if you're looking at Talent acquisition non major league free agent side is okay. The rare time that a Cuban or you know is 20, you know, is 25 or older comes over, well, you could spend it there, and then the other options would be maybe you know you, you acquire you spend a little bit on again on a veteran coming over from Japan or Korea, but that's not the same thing as signing you know five impact long ways away 16-year-olds, and there's no good way to replace that. I mean, Obviously, that's something that the braves front are going to a lot of time kind of thinking on, but the penalties under this system are much stronger than what an international ban would have been under any previous system that we've seen in Major League Baseball.
0: Yeah, it, it's it's been a kind of a tough thing to really wrap our heads around because obviously losing the prospects was a big deal because there were some big names like Kevin Maiton you know, and guys we liked like or Severino, Del Rosario, but it's the it's the penalties in future periods that are going to be almost more heavily felt just because you were going to lose have some attrition from some of the guys that we lost anyway, but you have no chance of buying any lottery tickets whatsoever, you know, for for the foreseeable future, and that's tough. Um, I do want to g- I want to get back to the kind of the current state of the farm system. I know we have another question going further down that talks about the kind of the international market again, but we got a lot of questions on Twitter today about this, the the next wave of basically of pitchers. I mean, we got about a, a zillion Ronald Acuna questions, and we'll get there. But um, the, the the next wave of pitchers presumably is going to include guys like Mike Soroka, Colby Allard, Kyle Wright, Tuki Tassant, uh, Patrick Weigel when he returns from injury. In your mind, who is the guy amongst that group of pitchers that makes it to the big leagues first, and who is your favorite of the bunch? Maybe not, maybe not the most highly highly ranked, but who's your most, the favorite of the bunch there as well?
1: Uh, if I'm limiting it to the guys you just mentioned, I think it's Soroka. Um, and the reason I say that is, is I, I just think that Soroka has demonstrated time and time again he's very advanced for his age. You're obviously talking about absolutely legit stuff, and I. I think also he has the makeup to be a guy that you push they've obviously pushed him already, but he's a guy that you can push and if he gets, you know, a couple of rough outings after he makes, you know, his major league debut or right in his first few months in the majors, he has the makeup to handle that. That's not gonna cause him any problems, anything like that. Now that being said, it's a it's gonna be a pretty interesting race among those guys because you know, I mean, obviously Weigel, I think's out of it because I think you are looking at he was he would have won that race, but now with the TJ, I would expect, considering the timing of the injury that he had, you know, when he had it and all, that you're looking at he's unlikely to pitch significant innings at all in 2018. So you're looking even if it went really well you're looking at I guess he could try to be winning a job out of spring training in nineteen, but I'd say probably one would give him a little bit of time in the minors again. So you're talking you know, that's a that's probably more of a mid nineteen ETA now. Um, you know, Wright obviously could move you know, we've seen a number of guys with his pedigree pedigree move pretty fast. You know, he obviously made it up to high A last year in his first pro season, which is moving really quick, but you know, I would say uh, you would think. I think Allard needs a little bit more time than Soroka, just because I think his approach is one. I think he, again, he's got the makeup, but his approach is one that that's going to be. Uh, you know, I, I would like to see some Triple A time, more Triple A time for him. You know, to kind of acclimate to a one more level before he goes to the majors. But obviously, you could be seeing him at some point in eighteen. Tucson, I think, is more of a 19 guy again, unless you, unless they said he's going to be a reliever, and then you know, I think you could move pretty quick that way. But yeah, it's. I mean, the other interesting thing about this is, is part of this really is going to depend on. So what about the wave before them? How many of those guys, sure. basically pitch their way to where you say, okay, it's we have an opening. How many of those guys get hurt where there's an opening, or, I mean. It's not going to happen, but there have been instances where, you know, teams put five guys out there and they've made all, you know, all the starts all year. I mean, it happens about once every four or five years, I think. But, you know, it, it's going to be that first wave of, you know, I mean, obviously, Tehran's still there, but Newcomb, Gohar, guys like that. It's like, OK, part of it does depend on if those guys pitch well, then there's not really then you, the timetable gets slowed because there's just not the opportunity which would obviously be a very – that would be a problem that Braves fans would love to be dealing with.
0: Oh, you're not wrong about that. I just have a quick follow-up before the next question, mm-hmm. and, that, and that's about Patrick Weigel because he's a guy that mm-hmm. I, I I particularly like. Uh, I like the makeup there too with him, uh, and he has mm-hmm. big-time big stuff when he's healthy. Given that he's very likely, unless there's – you know he has some sort of superhuman rehab, and we know he's throwing now, but is he a guy that you would – Put that if you were if you were in the GM or player development chair, you would send to the Arizona Fall League just to kind of see what you have, and then maybe you know, maybe kind of go from there in terms of maybe a 2019 type thing.
1: Yeah, if his rehab goes as you kind of hope, that would say that to me. Seeing him pitch innings in the AFL makes a lot more sense than him pitching innings in the 2018 minor league season. You know, one thing I think we have seen is, to me, nowadays. It's not, again, it's pitching. It's never an absolute certainty on any of this thing. any of these things. I'm personally not a fan of seeing the guy who's back on the mound pitching innings at 12 anymore because it does seem like, you know, we've seen guys make it back in, in less than a year unless you're doing one of those, you know, there have been some of these new recisions and all that that do things that are a little different. But if you're talking about a normal Tommy John, It seems like more and more of the data indicates you want to see it more like month 14, 15, than month 11 or 12.
2: Hmm. That's interesting. Uh, Switching back to the international, because I have like a million questions about this. Uh, As you know, today was the deadline for the re-signing of the former Braves prospects that were then declared free agents. Uh, do you think that any of the uh, unsigned actually come back to the Braves? Or do you think that's probably just, you know, me being extremely hopeful?
1: <laughs> I don't have any inside info to say that any of them will. I mean, obviously, at the same time, you, you do look at anyone who... like mean, the, the cream of the crop has been picked over now. So, mm-hmm. you know, when you are talking about now... There is still some money out there, Um, you know, but clearly, I mean, with the, you know, as you said, with the deadline, it is something where it's like, okay, if you didn't sign by now, (laughs) then you, you, you haven't, you don't have a million dollar offer sitting out there probably. So you are talking about more modest. Is it, I mean, could I construct a scenario, someone who really, you know, who really, uh, uh, you know, kind of clicked with, you know, like the Braves development plan for them, all that. Yeah, I guess, I mean, I guess it's possible at, at the same time, you know, and hey, if you were looking at it from a purely practical standpoint, there's going to be I, the argument I could, if I was trying to construct an argument, if, if I was the Braves constructing an argument on why you should re sign with the Braves, the biggest argument I would have is, this, look, there's going to be you're going to get every opportunity because at the level that we're talking about, there's less talent there now, which just from a simple standpoint means there's more opportunity and, you know, there's a rough season's less likely to get you cut now than it would have, been. because, I mean, just from a <laughs> standpoint, I mean, it just really is, Sure. is that, look, I mean, that'll be an interesting thing to see, but, like, when you talk about that you're largely cutting off the spigot for international for in essence we're talking about multiple years because you know it didn't wipe out their entire you're not saying it wiped out their entire you know last class but it did come pretty close you know that pretty close for that 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 you know that group you're you are talking about okay you're you've got multiple levels that you still have to kind of fill out <laughs> With with players. Sure. And you know, and so I mean that would be if I was going to make the sales pitch, if I was the brace for an office, that's the sales pitch is look, you know that we're gonna spend a lot of time working with you and you know we're gonna give you every opportunity because the reality of it is is that there's less (laughs) there's less of these guys here right now and there's less coming. So you have that opportunity. That'd be the best I could come up with.
2: That's actually a point of view I never even thought of. That's yeah, it makes a, it's a pretty solid point. You're not gonna have a lot of competition for the next what two, it's three. three years. Only
1: for the draft, you know. Yeah, this you, is it, you, know, you know. And
0: you can only fill out so many roster spots in the GCL with you know 32nd round you know college guys right. that can, you know no. can can hold a baseball bat.
1: Kind no, of. Now that this. Now that is one other thing that you when you asked earlier about what you will, what can you do. Well, one thing that you will do is, now again, this is because this is purely budgetary, obviously there's a fixed amount of how much you can spend in the draft as far as, you know, spending extra, but you can spend a hundred and something thousand on your, any pick from 11 to 40 and it doesn't count, you know, that's within your parameters. I would expect that the Braves are going to be a team that signs most everybody that they draft because they're going to need that those players. Sense. Yeah, there, you see some teams will sign, I mean especially the teams that have an extra an extra minor league team, you know, they have the extra rookie ball team or whatever, and also teams that have really thin farm system for the ones who usually you'll see okay, they sign 36 guys, you know, out of the draft, and you'll see other time teams who sign 27, 28. The Braves are going to be one I would expect are going to sign 38, 39, 40 guys.
0: Yeah, I think it. I think it's reasonable to expect them to be kind of hitting, hitting up those junior college ranks. They, they, they hit them up really well the last couple of years too. But I could see them uh, doing a lot of work, just kind of in those jerk, JUCO ranks, just kind of taking some chances on some guys uh, for that. May, that may not. They may not have gotten chances elsewhere to really do something. So that's interesting. Um, all right. I know we have another question. Sorry about that, Garrett.
1: Yeah.
3: Um, and so the Braves have obviously had issues replacing. Their third baseman since they lost, since Jibber Jones retired. So, do you have enough faith in a guy like Austin Riley to keep Johan Camargo or Rio Ruiz as the starting third baseman as a stopgap to get to him? Or do you think they should go out and get a free agent third baseman like Frazier?
1: Great question. And it really, I think, partly depends on, so, it's funny. I think because of all the off-season turmoil, it makes it more likely that they don't have to go out there and get a Frazier. And the reason I say that is, is that if, if nothing of the off-season had happened, if John Coppola is still the GM, John Hart's still there, all that, well, then I do think that the 2018 season would be one where Bray Sands, you know, there would be some expectations. No, no, this has to be the year start to see the payoff it's been a rebuilding process new stadium okay at some point there was talking about being competitive in the first year in the new stadium that didn't really happen now it's year two of the new stadium we spoke you know we need to see some success and if that's the case then that may be the impetus for needing to go out and get a Frazier or someone else like that well if you're Anthopolis there is no such pressure <laughs> mm. at all, because you know, I mean, really, is there going to be pressure? Like, let's say <clears throat> the Braves go out and they win seventy-five this year. Now there may be pressure on Snit, but as far as the front office, the answer they can rightfully say is, "Is look, we didn't want to make any major moves until we kind of knew what we had," so. You know, as far as the, when I say major moves, I mean, as far as the talent that they already have in-house. Like, if you're AA, it's hard to be, it's hard for him to fully make that assessment. Obviously, you have the reports, you can watch video and all that, but that's not the same thing as Anthopolis and his guys, who are now in many ways running this team, being able to make a full assessment of Austin Riley will be ready, season Austin Riley will be ready in a year Austin Riley is not the guy that we want to count on at third base so, you know whatever that assessment is it's really hard for them to make that right now but I do think and I think we've seen this with the you know with the, the new regime right now is and I think it's smart on their part to do it's been kind of a quiet off it's been a quiet offseason for a lot of different teams but it's been a quiet offseason in part because they don't have the information personally to make some of these assessments, to figure out. And one of the things we've seen, if you go back past history, is Anthopolis is not a guy who is timid about making moves, trading prospects, all those things. But he has to know what he has first, and the timing of when he came in means it. If you want to have some of your own eyes on guys, he hasn't had a, you know, really time to do that yet. So a follow-up question to that point: it,
3: Do you, how much faith do you have in Austin Riley? Where do you see his, you know, ceiling, and where do you expect him to
1: be? I I do think that, you know again there's some risk here involved you know I you know but I do think that there's he has I. He has a very solid shot. Probably wouldn't want him to be my three-hole hitter or my four-hole hitter, but if you told me solid third baseman who has gotten better defensively, who's a really good six-hole hitter, yeah, and maybe he ends up being better than that. I, again, I to me, where they are, I would probably say, yeah, I'm willing to kind of go with Camargo and Ruiz. and And really, because you are talking that it could be, second half of the season, end of the season, Riley's ready. And so, yeah, I probably would go that route because, again, especially the, if they wanted to go out and get a much less expensive stopgap, I would kind of see the logic of that. But at the same time, I can't really tell you that those guys are going to be better than Johan Camargo and Rio Ruiz. And Camargo and Ruiz are cheap. You know, I, I guess the best way I could put it is is is. Strange thing is, is this is the Braves team that really has a, is at a point where it's like, okay, probably time to start spending some money, but they're still not far enough into the the rebuild turning into, okay, this is the big league team, to really say, okay, well, here, you know, where are they going to spend the money? I, I don't have a great answer for that in a lot of c- weight cases, because this is a team that largely has a, a pretty set lineup now. You know, we know who their catchers are going to be, we know who their first baseman is going to be. We know who their second baseman and shortstop are going to be. We really know, unless they deal Marquez, we know who their outfield is going to be, unless they also or, or unless they made a trade. But and we know who their rotation is going to be. For a team that is that needs to get better, obviously, than they were last year. There's not a lot of logical places for them to spend money. I guess I'm kind of making the counter-argument that maybe it would make sense to go out there and sign a third baseman if you had someone you really believe in because, again, there's not going to be a whole lot of other places to kind of – in other directions to go.
2: I'm going to say essentially J.J. means uh, you get Manny Machado or it's not really <laughs> worth <laughs>
1: – I'm gonna, I'm gonna ask because one one year left on the deal. I mean, you can't do that unless you get the extension, and I yeah, don't think sure, he's yeah. doing an extension. Yeah,
0: and there, there would be rioting sure. if, they, if there would be rioting if they traded for Machado and then he signed elsewhere too. That would yeah, i no, would oh, be, no. I'd be yep. very upset. Yep. Uh, okay, so we are now at the Ronald Acuna portion of the show and this is the Jay- fun portion <laughs> of the show. Yeah. and JJ, yeah, yeah. I, I apologize in advance. We've been kind of driving the Acuna train pretty early on, and I'm. If, if you've been getting inundated with questions for the last two years about Acuna, uh, kind of before his rise, I apologize.
1: Um, no, 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 no.
0: Um, but, I mean. uh, but now we're kind of to the point now where Ronald Acuna is on the precipice, and the talk of him actually being on the Major League rosters is a big topic of conversation. Uh, assuming he does really well in spring training, uh, and he performs as well, really he could just perform the same way he did last year in spring training, uh, would you keep Acuna in the minors? for a few weeks for serving for in terms of for service time or would you go ahead and bring him up and have him on the roster opening day in uh, in the hope they would kind of engender some goodwill uh, with him down the line when you're talking about contract extensions
1: um, I would keep him down the I would I wouldn't... Now, I'm not running a team, so I can say this, because if you're a team and running it and you say this, you're going to get a grievance, but, yeah, I would invent some sort of way that keeps him down for a couple of weeks because, you know, I mean, I don't care how much goodwill it harmed between Chris Bryant and the Cubs. I do know that the Cubs having an extra year Chris Bryant down the road, and we mean an extra year Chris Bryant in the prime of his career was worth... Um, you know it by the time that decision gets made about you know well you did that to me there's gonna be a lot of water under the bridge by that point because you're talking about a situation where if you do this you're talking about his seventh year in the majors because essentially what you're doing is you're getting that extra year especially when you're talking about a guy who now again the old braze regime was adamant about not doing this but you're talking about a guy who does have very limited time at AAA, where you can and i do mean invent because the reality of it is is i've been on record as saying i think ron lacuna is going to be the second most productive yes. outfielder that the braves have in 2018 behind Enciarte, barring a christian yelich trade or something like that but the logic of it just makes too much sense you hold him down for, I mean, we're talking like, what, 10 days, and you get an extra year before he hits free agency. That's... <laughs> if Ronald Acuna is the player that I expect him to be, that you all expect him to be, an extra year of te- of team control for what will in essence be his age 28 season? 27 season? twenty seven Age 27 season. Yeah, I mean, you, you can't turn that down. I mean, that's just... There's too much advantage to that.
2: I'm actually not even quite sure why this is such a big question because to me it's pretty simple. I think if you you have to hold him back. And I again, yeah, you're, you're going to
1: anchor him now. But you know, the reality of it is, is that again, I don't think you know that it doesn't seem like it truly poisoned Chris Bryant and the Cubs, and it really, you know, it doesn't seem like it's really caused a, a massive problem there. And, you know, uh, again, this is this is the way baseball works. Now, should they eliminate those rules? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. That's something the MLBPA should be working on. But those are the rules that there are at this time. And, again, this isn't forcing anything. You're talking about a guy who the minute he arrives is probably going to be the youngest player of the big leagues at that point, or at least the youngest position player in the National League at least, and who has, you know, <laughs> who, who doesn't even have a full season of Double AA, A, Triple A time? It's something where, if you're saying he's doing it because you know what, we want to get a little bit more time in left field, we want to—I I don't again—create whatever fiction you want, you know. But basically, yeah. And then before the end of April, hey, look who's there! Again, I don't think they need to do it to try to get him to Super Two status or anything like that, you know, off Super Two status because, no, I mean the reality of it is, is that no one you know they're not dumb i mean the reality is is he's not dumb he's better than their other options and that is the one thing with this is is, i mean you guys (laughs) as it stands right now now that they've traded Kemp, i mean who's who is theoretically standing in his way right now i I, i'm a real i like lane adams but we're talking about the you know lane adams really aren't we
0: and we we really like lane too uh if for no other reason than he's one of the more hilarious, we actually had him on the show a couple weeks ago. Uh, and he's uh, he works really hard, but you know I think he would he would say, hey, I've you know, get
1: about
2: Ronald- him. I mean he, yeah, even he was praising Acuna and Albies about like every facet of their game. Yeah,
1: yep. you know,
0: it, it does it does make too much sense, and you're and you're right about that. I mean it's just it's just basic economics, and if you're talking about a Ronald Acuna extension. It seems fair to say that if you're worried about service time and how much money he's going to cost, an extension with Ronald Acuna is going to be expensive if he's the player you think he is, regardless. And it's, it, I think you're right. It's, it just, it just does make too much sense, and I don't think that, he, I think he understands it's a business, too. I think all lot of players do. Um, you're, I mean, yeah, the rules are dumb, but the Braves would be kind of dumb to not use those to their advantage. Uh, I do just have one quick follow-up for the next question, and that is, let's just assume that, and I have I have no inside information about you know the the newest iteration of the Baseball America top 100 prospects or anything like that. But let's assume that he's the top prospect in baseball. He's going to rank very
1: highly. Okay. Yeah. I will I will go that on that strong limb. There.
0: <laughs> this is when we get you know he's in the teens and then you know my our mentions turn into a disaster. But
1: uh, 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 um, I can, I will I, I will confidently state confidently state that there will not be a teen on his rank. I'm very, very strongly <laughs> going at <it>. <laughs> You're heard you,
0: you, you heard it here, for it, folks. But let, let's just assume that he's the top prospect in baseball, and there's there's legitimate arguments for other guys. There really is. But how would he talent-wise stack up to, like, the, the top prospects of, like, the past few years in terms of talent and ability to produce? I mean, I know we can have the benefit of hindsight now, but, I mean, in terms of, like, how you view him... Versus some of the top prospects in the last couple of years, How, where does he kind of stack there?
1: Oh, the thing that stands out to me is is that, and again, I I'm not going I'm not giving out any huge secrets here. When I say okay, you look at him, you look at Shohei Otani, you look at Vladimir Guerrero Jr., you could throw Eloy Jimenez in that, you could throw I mean, there's a couple other names you could throw in there. But this is a really good top ten. I mean, the reality of is okay, let's just talk about Acuna. Now, Acuna, where he is now, and I can say this because (laughs) I, I was watching it in person, but no, he's not Andrew Jones. Now, it doesn't mean he couldn't end up being better than Andrew Jones because he does have, I mean, from a hitting standpoint, he has more ability to make adjustments than Andrew did. When I was watching 17-year-old Andrew Jones in Macon in 1995, he was incredible. He was Baseball America Minor League Player of the Year that year. But he also, if you got him 2-2 and you threw a slider off the plate, he was probably going to swing at it. He might make contact, and if he did, he was going to roll over it, you know, to shortstop. And if we talked about 30-year-old Andrew Jones... you got him 2-2 and you threw him a slider on the outer half of the plate or off the plate, he was probably going to swing at it. And that same thing was going to happen. Acuna is, I think as a pure hitter, has more ability to make adjustments than than Andrew did. But that being said, what Andrew did as a 19-year-old was more impressive than what Acuna did at the same age. But when you're comparing him to other guys in, in recent years, the top there's been a drop-off. I mean, really, to me, I felt like that year that we had Chris Bryan at the top was a really special year. You know, It was impressive. Not a special year. I mean, look, that's not that many years. Before that, we had Bryce Harper Mike Trout at the top. So that seems I'm not good. saying it. But that was pretty good. But we've had the last couple of years nothing against Andrew Benintendi, nothing against yoam Munkata. I like, a, I like this group of hitting prospects better. I like Acuna better. I like Vladimir Guerrero Jr. better. You know, I, again, you're, you're talking about that's been a fun debate for us because I can't imagine an 18 year old hitter doing more to make their case that they're a truly special hitter than what Vlad did last year. But at the same time, the case for Acuna is, is that, okay. He's clearly better defensively. He's going to have significant value defensively, whether it's in center or if it's in a corner because of, you know, the circumstance of the team he's playing for. And he's done it at higher levels and he just kept getting better at every level he climbed to, you know? So no, this is something where whichever one of these guys is number one, you are talking about that. They're not just going to be number one, but this is, they're going to be number one in a year where there are three guys at least who, if any one of them was number one, you'd say, no, this is a really good number one prospect.
3: Hmm.
2: Well, I'm going to throw a little curveball at you now. And I want – this is kind of more of an open-ended question, I'd like to get everyone's feedback on this. Uh, We're going to put on our, our GM caps here real quick, and the year is 2019. If you had to create a starting rotation for the Braves using only internal options, who would they be?
1: Okay. Well, so 2019. So, and again, I'm not going to say these in order. Like, this doesn't mm-hmm. mean I'm going to. Soroka comes to mind, clearly. But that doesn't mean he's the number one on this team. But no, Soroka. Um, again, because I'm just confident that he's going to be a very solid a very solid, you know, probably middle of the rotation starter for a long time. Uh, Gohara, because as while there's a lot more like as as certain as I am a Soroka, I'm not nearly as certain on Gohara, but you cannot deny the stuff. Uh-huh. The stuff is just truly special. So that's two. Um Wright, because by Kyle Wright by twenty nineteen I think is, is in the rotation. So that's three. I'm not going to go with any of the Rome guys. I don't think any of them are there yet. Again, I'm not going to go with Weigel because it's probably still putting Newcomb in there. You know, again, it's it's easy. I mean, really easy velo from the left side, and that gives you. So now you're talking about you got two righties, two lefties, and then really, barring a trade, you know, I'm still. I mean, I know he didn't have a great year last year, but no, I'm, Tehran's still part of that to me. Yes, yeah. and again. And that means that you're still talking about uh, a second five sitting in AAA <laughs> or in the pen. That could be a pre logical case as well.
2: That has Max Freed in the bullpen. That's just
1: yeah. And uh, yeah.
0: Yeah. See, I I, I I wonder that whether or not Tehran. I mean, I, I wonder I wonder if Tehran will still be around by 2019. And I, I guess I'm maybe I'm more bullish on on Max Freed.
1: Just because I, I think you know just... he's my guy. Well, we... saying, hey, I'm, I'm with you all on free. Now, the thing about it is, is he's more erratic. I mean, the reality mm-hmm. of it is, is you know, because we're talking about a guy who, I mean, which back free am I getting? The max free at the start of the year? No. Max free at the end of the year? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. You know, and the reality of it is, is that I mean, there's just been you know, there's been more in, there's been more inconsistency and injury issues there, but. A healthy max freed pitching what he can they're doing what he can do, yeah, that's a dude who's you know who's absolutely in that rotation,
0: yeah, and I know I know his biggest his big at least one of the big things that he that's kind of been out there is his issues with blisters, and he talked to us a bit about you know how sweaty his hands get. I'm not exactly sure how you fix sweaty hands if I'm just being honest about it, but if it's something where he can mean you know, obviously the Tommy john is Something that we had to think about, but, but uh, you got
1: Atlanta is not good for that either because no, you know, it's, you
0: know, <laughs> no it's, it's roughly the surface of the sun down Tor- there at field levels
1: yeah trade to Toronto would help that you know just <laughs> like oh there's about a three week window here where this is difficult
0: well, <laughs> nothing this is how this is how weird and bad trade rumors start because then Thompson was the GM up there <laughs> and, uh, you know next thing you know tomorrow uh, is be uh, you uh, know.
2: trade Max Freed thing you know so, so. Max Freed for Vlad Guerrero all right. Y'all, y'all would oh. do that in a second. And no shit. <laughs> uh, we'll,
3: we'll, we'll settle for Bichette. Y'all say, hey. <laughs> yeah, we'll
0: talk him down to Bichette.
1: <laughs> hey, I mean, there's been trades lately where I'm like, okay. Uh, yeah. yeah. I think that's but true. That, yeah, this, market, right. this market's been weird. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, the thing about this market that just jumps out is, and this is something, i call it good news, call it bad news, whatever you want, but... The value, you know, teams so value young talent now. And at the same time, older players, especially with contracts, are so less valued that, I mean, you know, again, we look at what the Giants have done. And the Giants had, I mean, black holes at third base and center field. I mean, just gaping holes, problems. I mean, they got less than nothing from those positions and they have a terrible I mean really a pretty terrible farm system after you get past their number one prospect and they're able to go out and get guys to fix their problems you know Evan Longoria Andrew McCutcheon now again for the Braves right now that doesn't mean that much right now but what it does mean again if the promises of that there will be room for more you know they the new the new stadium the new real estate developments around it and all means they should be able to spend more money eventually well when they get to that point again that's not we're not talking about that they have to trade Mike Soroka to fill you know to fill a hole it's talking at that point about that you're trading you know I don't want to go too far here but Contreras you know well maybe not Contreras by that point but you're talking about trading you know Lesser guys, you're talking about trading. You know, Tukey Toussaint could be the headliner to get you a guy again. again, I'm not saying Tukey's could get traded either, but my point being, you could trade uh, again. Look at if the Braves get to competitive, look at what the Diamondbacks had to give up to get JD a half season of JD Martinez. Uh, you know, three, three guys who none of which rank in the top 10 for the Tigers now. And they got a guy who went out and basically was a middle of the lineup force for the second season. It's amazing to me how we have gotten to a world now where you can pick up productive big league players, and if you're willing to pay the salary for very little on the you know prospect cost.
3: So, of the Braves catching prospects,
1: mm-hmm.
3: you have you know Will. William Contreras, Lucas Herbert, Kate Savik, Brett Cumberland, Drew Lugbauer, and Alex Jackson. Of those six, who do you prefer as a catcher? You know, in their ability to make it to the major leagues and stick around for a while.
1: I'm gonna have to go go with Jackson for now. And I've always I've been on, kind of <laughs> I'll be completely honest. I've always been a skeptic on Jackson as a pro. Because, but I do think. You know, I, I've talked to scouts who saw him at a catcher. He still has work to do, absolutely. But at the same time, there wasn't anything there that said he can't do it. And you are talking about, you know, his strengths and weaknesses as a hitter are ones that, if he's in the outfield, means he's not a, he's not a regular. If he's a catcher and he's an adequate catcher, well, then that's an entirely different story. So I've got to go with him first, but if you said... Who's after him? I'm going to go with Contreras because I do think that he has, you know, a a chance to be a big league regular if it all breaks. I mean, obviously far, far away, but if it all breaks right. So,
3: do you think they have enough talent in the minor league system, or do you think that they should probably pursue trade options or free agent options?
1: Well, right now, I mean, the thing about it is, is they, you know, they for the next year they're set unless they trade someone away. I mean, to me, at this point, if they, you know, could get an upgrade, you're basically figuring out a way to have them take someone back in the deal because they have two guys. And, you know, I think the reality of it is is that it's probably worth seeing is, is Flowers. If Flowers can do what he did last year, <laughs> that's a valuable catcher. Uh, again, I don't know if he can, but if he can, you know, that's valuable. And the reality of this is is you, you you summarized pretty well they have a large number of catching prospects now you know they don't have a Cabert Ruiz. they don't have a you know like compare their catcher situation to the, the the Dodgers and the Dodgers have a rookie you know they have I mean it's insane this is kind of the gold standard to me right now but they have a guy who's a big league regular who lost his job at in the playoffs to a rookie who's pretty good and then they have an 18-year-old, just turned 19, who's, you know, basically a 3.20 career hitter who made it to Double A in his age 18/19 season, and then they have this really athletic catcher who they spent a very high pick on not long ago, who could also be a big league regular. And Will Smith. Okay, well, Braves don't have that situation, but what the Braves have is, I would say, between all the guys they have in the minors right now. They should find a regular out of that, and it wouldn't surprise me at all if they found a regular and maybe a regular, a backup, and a, I always love to call him the number three catcher, the guy who spends most of his time at AAA, but he's going to get called up, and he's going to get you know 50 to 100 at-bats for you. And you actually need, to me, to have one of those guys who can actually do that job, because when you don't, it really kills you, because at some point, you're going to have catchers go on the DL. Especially nowadays with more concussion awareness, you need to have three. I think the Braves have the ability to produce three out of their farm system because, you know, like Savick, I mean, I don't think Savick has much chance to be a regular, but if you told me, I think he has a very good chance to at least be that number three and he could end up being a backup.
0: All right, JJ. One last question, and I promise we'll, we'll we'll let you get back to enjoying the rest of your day, rest of what's left of your day it's, off.
1: go We can go a little longer. You <laughs>
0: <know>. <laughs> so. Sounds good. Um, so the Rome rotation this past year was really interesting because you had guys like Bryce Wilson and Joey Wentz impress a ton of people. They put up real results. You know, maybe they both have still have some questions, but they definitely answered more questions that are still. Than there, than there were to start the season with those guys. But a guy that sort of has gotten lost in the shuffle because he had an innings, you know, he had kind of an innings limit, he missed a little bit of time, is the third overall pick in the draft, Ian Anderson. So my question is, do you see him being able to fix his problems with like the, the, his issues with command that he had down in the, the lower minors and kind of had that command that he was projected to have when he was drafted?
1: Yeah, uh, if you ask me which of those guys I want, he's the one I want. I mean, uh, no, I I think I I was actually pretty happy. I mean, again, it was a weird situation. He's, you know, he's not willing, you're not, they weren't comfortable throwing him as many innings, understandably, because of, you know, kind of his background and all. But at the same time, to me, he showed everything, you know, to, he showed the building blocks of being a, you know, kind of a front of the rotation guy. I mean, that was, that was a fascinating rotation, you know, because, Again, if you told me that there ended up, uh, again, I'm I'm dropping that I'm really old, but, like, I remember the 97 Gloway Braves rotation in Macon, and that rotation um, had every, basically, they had five five guys who ended up being big league starters out of it. Now, Jason Scheel, you know, wasn't a starter for long. Odalis Perez's career was relatively short. Jason Marquis, Bruce Chen were the guys who ended up having staying power. Rob Bell was up and down, but they had five guys who were big league starters. I don't think they'll have five starters off that Rome team this year, but at the same time, I think that they'll probably have five five big league pitchers out of it, which is often very hard. That's very hard to do, but that wouldn't surprise me at all because, again, they had that much talent there.
2: Hey, uh, another pitcher that comes to mind that uh, I really want to know more about but I've never been able to get to see him is I want to get your thoughts on Kyle Muller you know he's sat a lot of time you know, He I've heard things about uh, perhaps struggling with like a dead arm period and then like a shoulder problem is there still I'm not going to say is there hope because there's definitely hope he's still only 20 years old but, but Do you see some kind of possible jump for him prospect-wise this year, or is he going to be one that we need to monitor more long-term?
1: I think it all depends on the velo. Um, I mean, I don't want to make it too simple, but he has to throw harder than he did last year. That's simple. Yeah, I've
2: heard very mixed reviews. Sometimes I've heard he was hitting, like, the high 80s, and then... I got some people telling me he was hitting, like, 93, 94, and I, like, I just have he no idea hitting how to the assess
1: the high them. 80s way too often. I'll put it that way. I mean, oh, the reality yeah. is, you know, for that got, you know, I've talked to, you know, i talked to multiple guys who saw him, you know, I, I would say I didn't talk to a whole lot of guys who saw him extended. Maybe it was better than extended. But guys who saw him during the, you know, during the season, guys who saw him, you know, basically, you know, I think even in, in instructs it was like, no, I mean, you just, You've got to see more arm speed now he had that he showed that you know in his high school senior season so the hope is that it's in there because it's been there before but i mean the reality of it is i don't want to make it you know i know i mean i know i mean i'm kind of known in our offices i'm a kind of a velocity junkie but <laughs> because i really do believe i mean the reality of it is is that i know people want to To hear, you know, want to see success stories of guys who sit 88, 89, and have big league success. And I'm not saying they never happen. I am saying that if you have ten promising pitchers who are sitting 88, 89, and I said I'll take, you know, you can have these ten, and I'll take, you know, basically give me two guys who throw harder. I'm probably gonna, you know, I I feel better about the guys who throw harder because it's just hard just have any success at the big league level if you don't if you throw that hard and yeah i mean he's got to throw again he's got to show more arm speed he's got to show more velocity than what he showed consistently at least from the reports i got last year and you know he's again he's done that before you know there's but at the same time the other part of that is is you you kind of already see you know assignments tell you something the Braves especially under the you know the previous regime we're not a conservative organization, they'll push guys. You know, Mike Soroka, you're ready for double A. Colby Allen, you're ready for double A. <laughs> right. Yeah. You know, Max Fried, you're ready for double A. Kyle <laughs> Muller, you're not ready for Rome. Well that's telling you something right there. Because basically and I know, I mean, you know, if you look at where he was drafted as a pick then, you know, okay, well, yeah, they have sent guys, you know, drafted at the same range as him to, you know, to rookie ball for their first season. But if you treat them, you know, financially, he was a first-round pick. Braves don't send first-round picks to, uh, they send them to low A in their first year. Pretty Mm -hmm. much without fail. Mm -hmm. And when I say without fail, I mean, that's going back to again, you know, 20 years ago when I was watching the the making Braves and covering them. I mean, it's something where that's just year after year. That's what they do. And if they don't go there in their first year, generally it's because either, I mean, you know, again, Colby Allard wasn't there for all of his first full year. Well, he had an injury, you know, and they actually needed kind of basically to kind of get him set. But he was predominant of his first year was in low a, you know, team everyone else from that team you know they they all went to low a so that's that right there is the signal you know that the reality is is they knew and again they had a full role rotation too but they knew he wasn't ready and you know there's there's a pretty good to-do list there to see if he can get ready
2: for sure i just just real quick quite frankly i would hate to see a career undone by an overbearing high school coach (laughs) You know, yeah, I just um, but, I'm, I'm I just get frustrated when I see stuff like this, just like a, I know I can say it, just like the, the stuff you hear out of UNC and their baseball team.
1: I see. I, I will say, I mean, I'm here in Chapel Hill, you know, and I'm not saying it has not happened because I mean, we called it out at the time, you know, um, you know, there was definitely a guy or two a few years ago. Like, why is he coming out there? But at the same time, you know, I mean, J.B. Bukowskis this past year, I don't think really was overused, you know. Um, and the good news, now, the good news at the high school level is, you know, and credit to the National High School Federation, credit to USA Baseball. But we're going to see a lot less of that starting last year because now there are, it's not innings limits, it's pitch limits, and it's pitch limits mm-hmm. that in most cases have some pretty good teeth to them. You know, it's something where, I mean, yeah, are there still some states where you can game it a little bit? Sure, but, you know, it, it's something where, I mean, you're, you can't go out there and throw 145 anymore, because, I mean, you literally, you know, it's, you will forfeit the game if it comes out that you did, because it's illegal, and that's the good thing. I mean, the reality of it is, is that, that is very, very good for the game. You know that we are now in a situation where pretty much i think all but one state that has high school baseball is going to have ab- legitimate pitch limits in 2018 that's good to know
2: I, I still remember that horror story out of japan about the the high school oh. kid that threw like 700 pitches in three three days or something like that Coaching,
1: it's a whole different yeah i mean yeah uh,
0: well foreign baseball just in general just, <laughs> yeah, It's just yeah i
1: mean you know, I mean, we get we're fortunate every now and then. You know, we're located by where USA Baseball is, and so we get to see the college national team every most every summer. And there's still a story we remember of uh, them facing Team Japan. This would have been about a decade ago now. And the dude for Team Japan, college guy, just shoves. You know, but and he shoves, and I think it was 135 pitches. And when it's over, you know. Uh, you know, we wanted to talk to him. We had to wait because he went out and basically, you know, went did pole to pole for forever after it because Goodness. he had got he had got enough work yet. So he's going out running, you know. And it's like, you know, yeah, I didn't really feel like I felt like I needed to rub more. Like, you know, it's it's yeah, it's a different animal.
0: Uh-huh. All right, so for real, last question, and it's just he it can be, and it can be a brief answer. Uh, there's two guys that. I've, I really like him. They were in that roam rotation again, not big names probably going into so the season. Gotta,
1: we got to be talking about Tucker Davidson at some point. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yep. Yeah. So
0: between Bryce Wilson and Tucker Davidson, because you, you, very clearly you've been hearing some of the same things that we've been hearing, and we liked him a lot when he you know made the transition to a starter. I mean, who, who's the guy that you're most excited to see next year to see, kind of see what they can do? Is it Tucker?
1: That's a tough question because, I, I, mean, I mean, the answer kind of is Yes.
0: Give me all
1: of them, yeah. They both really showed, I mean, I'll put it this way. It would not surprise me at all if both of them ended up being better. Nothing against Joey Wentz, but if both of them ended up being better, you know. I I wouldn't be surprised either, honestly. Pure stuff-wise, I mean, Davidson's got better pure stuff. Now, he doesn't do it nearly as easy as Joey does. Not nearly. You know, doesn't do it as easy. You know, but... Um, but pure stuff-wise, I mean, no. I mean, it's I've had multiple scouts tell me, no, oh, I mean, it's, it's better stuff. Now, has he got a lot more reliever risk? Absolutely. But, you know, but again, and Wilson, the thing I love about Wilson is I mean, he's competitive to a fault. You know, he's a multi-sport athlete. He was from up here in North Carolina, and, I mean, he was – When he was in high school, there wasn't anything he couldn't do. (laughs) You know, I mean, on a football field, it was like we need a linebacker. Okay, he's a linebacker. We need a quarterback. Okay, he's a quarterback. You know, I think he, you know, if you need him to kick a field goal, he'd kick a field goal. I mean, he'd do whatever (laughs) he could do. And, you know, some guys can take that mentality and it works for them on the baseball diamond. And some guys can't. And for him, he really feels, it seems like he's one that does. It really works for him. And, but at the same time the other cool thing with that is is that you know again I don't want to make it seem like this is a guy who at age 18 was handed a baseball and met here pointed toward the mounds, like here let's see how you do I mean he's been playing baseball a long time but this isn't a guy who you know who was single-mindedly focused on just baseball at 14 and has done nothing else I mean this is a guy one of the things that I like is is that I do feel like when we talk about specialization nowadays and all, one of the problems that does come from that is is pitchers can lose their athlete because, you know, really, you can be a good pitcher without using a whole lot of athleticism. Yeah, It's it's repeating something over and over, and you can repeat it. Well, but that doesn't mean that athleticism is not an advantage for a pitcher. And Mm -hmm. Bryce Wilson was using his athleticism in a lot of different ways. He wasn't locked in to basically doing one series of movements over and over and over. Obviously, again, if you're playing football and playing multiple positions in football, you're having to use your athleticism in different ways. So he's now focused on pitching, but he's doing so from the background of being And I would say when you talk about athleticism, I mean, of being a strong athlete, you know, his athleticism was based on strength, you know, as much as anything. But, you know, being kind of a a guy who has some athleticism and has strength, and that's, you know, that's kind of, again, I'm very interested to see kind of, uh, you know, what that leads to.
0: Absolutely. One quick Tucker anecdote. I, I live relatively close to Rome, so it's an easy scouting trip for me to make. And it just so happened that multiple times when I was going to go to Rome, it just so happened it lined up. It lined up with his first start, uh, as well as a couple others. And my first start, I was like, oh, they had to pull someone out of the bullpen, you know, to make a start. And then I kind of had positioned myself, you know, where I could kind of see the velocity numbers in the in the press box, and I started looking and I'm like, this guy can really throw. And then I went down and got a closer look, and I was, like, shocked. I was like, like this guy is really good. Uh, even, you know, he, he didn't exactly have the best fielding behind him at that point in time in row right. season. And,
1: but, but he carries it, too, and he carries it. Is the other thing is, is that, you know, it's not something where this is not a guy who could throw hard for an inning, but then, you know, okay, you can't really, you know. Now, again, you know, there's some, there's a, you know, it is, it is very much a strength-based delivery to me. You know, it's something where if you want to call it a little bit effortful, okay, you know, but, you know, but at the same time, uh, yeah, I mean, again, I want to see him start because there's, there's, there's some feel there and there's absolutely legitimate stuff.
0: You have to at least let him try. You know what I mean? If he pitches himself out of not being able to do it, then so be it. And you still have a good reliever prospect, but he's an exciting pitching prospect. Uh, I'm a little sad that you know he might be destined for the Florida State League. And based on our trip to the Florida State League this year, uh, he's going to be experiencing more rainouts than actually.
2: He just literally will never pitch.
0: Yeah. We, yeah we, 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 we were down there for a week. All three all three games we were going to see for the Firefrogs, <laughs> all three got lined out. It was brutal. Uh, I got to see a lot of GCL games, and that was fun. But, uh, you know, Florida is, you know, turn t- changes from the surface of the sun to monsoon very quickly. See, see for
1: me. The frustration for me is is that at least last year we did have one team, but I'm a big MILB-TV guy. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, I you're, watch...
0: You, I, you're preaching to the converted.
1: <laughs> and, and the reality of it is, is that the Florida State League is almost a black hole. Yep. Like, guys go there, and they disappear until they get to double A, and all of a sudden you can watch them. <laughs> that, that, that's the frustration. It's yeah. the Cow League and the FSL. You know, it's those are the leagues the Cal League, it's like, oh good, someone was in San Jose, because that's where you get to see them, and the FSL, what was it, Bradenton this year that actually did, thank you Bradenton, because it it really was, it's something where you know, they I got to see the FSL All-Star game two years ago, I think that was the only FSL game that was telecast that, televised that year. Uh, It's it's a frustration.
0: Oh yeah, and it was particularly frustrating because we're like, okay, we're finally going to get to see these guys, and it just, the sky would open up literally every day. It would be, like, bright and sunny on our way, on our drive to Kissimmee. And then we would see one cloud. And I remember, like, the last day we were there, Garav's like, yep, it's going to rain. See that one cloud? And it, 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 and it happened. And I was, I was like, almost mad at him. Like, he had wished it upon us. But, um, you
1: know. Oh, I mean, that's, that is Florida. It's like, okay, you know, yeah, it's fine. He like said, like, the GCL, the GCL games get in because it's what? Five thirty, six o'clock is when it normally hits. I mean...
0: Usually. That sounds... Sound, I mean, again, from our experience, that's exactly what happens. Although, one GCL game started off at about 130 degrees outside, and then about 30 seconds later, all the players were even, like, hiding up in the stands with us because the sky had opened up again. So... Yeah.
2: I mean, that but is cool. Hey, we did get to meet Ken Griffey Jr., so that was pretty cool.
0: That, that was... That that's- that, that definitely helped make that trip for sure and it was a lot of, it was a lot of fun but you know I don't mean to you know you def, folks should definitely make the trip to see minor league baseball wherever well, it is but I would definitely check the weather report just to be able sure.
1: I think the I thing that I always say that I do not understand is I mean and you guys know this but if you're going to spring training if you're going to spring training even if I understand from most fans you know they're which even if it is much more expensive now than it used to be But it is something where There's something about going and seeing the big leaguers and all that I get that
0: Oh, head to the backfields
1: The backfields are mm-hmm. Especially Like if you're a Braves fan I mean The backfields I remember two years ago It's like I'm sitting there and it's like Okay I'm watching Ricardo Sanchez versus Max Freed on this field I'm watching Sean Zuka and Tuki Toussaint on this field. I'm watching... No, it's on this field. I'm watching Tuki Toussaint on this field. And then, you know, and then... Oh, and Acuna's over here, you know, and there's Albies just showed up. You know, I mean, it's...
0: Now, you might have to walk two miles to get to that backfield, but there's a lot of really interesting players to see, and I, I agree wholeheartedly.
1: It is, it, is, it is well worth it because... And again... I mean, the big part about it is, is that if you pick it right, you're talking about there's there's often three games going on. Yep. And there's literally always something going on, which is awesome.
0: Yeah, it, and it's a ton of fun. I mean, spring training you'll like you'll get to see big leaguers and that's cool, and you get to just kind of see the nicer park. But the backfields, I agree, it's where it's at. I'm actually really interested to see how spring training is going to work when they move to Northport to kind of see how how much more backfield activity and things like that we're going to be able to see. Uh, I, I plan on making the trip uh, once it opens up and kind of see what happens from there. but uh overall yeah it,
1: it, 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 it will be I mean it it'll be again, as I keep saying, but it's just true. I'm old, so it's like I remember going seeing the Braves you know in West Palm so it it does um it it amazes me that at that point, I could literally be at, that I have seen between big league and spring training, that I'll have essentially lived through six different brave stadiums. Wow. (laughs) That's just, that's stupid, you know, because it's West Palm to Kissimmee to the New Park, and then it's Fulton County to, you know, to the TED to the New Park, and it's like...
2: I, didn't think I, about I mean, it, I'm old,
1: way. but I'm not that old. Like, I mean, seriously, there'll be six different ballparks. You're, you're,
0: just, you're, you're just living in an age where everyone needs a brand new toy. It has, it has nothing. Has yeah. nothing. Age is not, age has nothing to do with it. It's just you know, you need everyone needs bigger and better things. Um. All right, JJ. That's all we have for you tonight. Uh. Please let us know what Baseball America is going to be doing up coming up <coughs> soon, so that way they can you know point you in your direction.
1: Well, you know, again. Uh, so we have a lot of stuff. It's, it is a very busy, and a good way, busy time at Baseball America. So we have 26, you know, we talked about the top 10, but we have 26 top 10s up now. So uh, we will have those wrapped up by the end of the week. So by the end of the week, we will have posted top 10 prospect lists for all 30 teams. You know, scouting reports for everyone if you're a baseball, of all for all of those, for, if you're a Baseball America subscriber. Um, and then, Prospect Handbook, which has, goes 30 deep on every org. Obviously, if you're a Braves fan, it's a really good top 30. And good news is, is that, good news, bad news, I guess, is that, you know, we were able to get all of the, uh, to, uh, to get all of the changes that happened as far as Myton and all that. So it is a, as of the time we're recording this, it's still a completely current top thirty. nothing's changed. <laughs> yeah, Nothing those, yeah,
0: happened. yeah. Don't, don't 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 wish the bad the bad stuff on you.
1: <laughs> yeah, you know. But, um, but uh, but and then you know beyond that, we also have the top two hundred draft prospects is out. Um, you know, for subscribers, uh, we'll have the uh, the top hundred prospects list coming out. You know, again, it's there's a lot of stuff. And if you do, you know, for anyone listening to this who does subscribe as we like to say thank you because that's what allows us to do this so you know if, for subscribers out there thank you we appreciate it and we will keep working really hard because i mean it is fun it, you know as we're talking like i mean this is fun right you know, talking about this it's hey you know it's it's something where you know i'm a uga grad so you know i know there's a lot of uga fans probably listening and like it's good time to start talking uh baseball now, um, but it is hard to do <laughs> that way.
2: Absolutely.
0: Uh, also, make sure if you are not a subscriber to Baseball America no, and you trad- yeah, and you listen to us and you are not a subscriber, you are doing it wrong. The first thing you should be doing is going and sign up for a Baseball America subscription. Uh, the, the it's monthly, not that
1: expensive, I promise.
0: It, it is $10 a month. You lose that much in change in your couch each month. Just make sure you don't lose that change and put it towards the subscription. They put out a ton of great information. We use it a lot. Uh, and it, this is the work that, it is the important work that is being done in evaluating amateurs, evaluating draft prospects, and just evaluating the minor leagues in general. It's an invaluable resource. You. you again ten dollars a month is nothing and if you decide to do something like a one-year you know renewal it ends up being cheaper down the line and it's it's exactly. well worth
1: for as, as, li- as little as uh, less than six dollars a uh, a month if you do the uh, the year
0: and, and that's it, it should be a no-brainer these are these are the types of folks that need our support I mean for whatever reason you know 1500 or so of you listen to our podcast maybe there's a few of you that listen more once, and I'm not really sure why you would, but, you know. <laughs> they you know, really like the yeah, I mean, it might just be Garrett listening it to it a hundred times. It's unclear. Um, but uh, it's it, it's well worth the money, and these are the people that you really want to support. Uh, they're doing great work. Uh, there's great people there. We we have had really good relationships with the folks at Baseball America. We've had multiple people on the show. Please support them if you can. Uh, Thank you. Uh, oh, absolutely. And uh, if you want to keep following along with the show, make sure you follow us on Twitter at Road, the number two, Atlanta. You'll see new posts new shows posted uh, as well as just general minor league news, especially when the season starts getting going and we're starting to make our scouting trips again. Make sure that you do, make sure that you go and follow that Twitter account. And that's all we really have for you this week. Uh, for the next couple weeks, we've got a couple potential guests lined up. Uh, still kind of want ironing out some details. Or it might just be us ranting at each other about you know various things going into the preseason or making up trade proposals that will make you all mad. Uh, it's completely unclear as to what we'll be doing. But hopefully we'll have some more guests for you before the season gets started and we can start talking about you know baseball that's actually happening again. But until next time, guys, we'll see you on the road.